1: Welcome back to another episode of the Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix. Got a great show for you today. An NC-17 rated show, so you've been warned. Michael Rappaport, the actor, podcaster, you hear him on TuneIn Radio, you see him on ESPN, Fox Sports 1, he drops by, and we have a pretty spirited debate about a number of topics in the NBA. We dive into the Knicks right off the top, we talk about the playoffs, the MVP race, all that more. Mike's terrific. You're going to want to stay tuned for that quick housekeeping note if you like this podcast very easy way you can support it go over to apple Podcasts, formerly known as itunes give us a rating post a comment it's simple it's easy it's free and is the best way to make sure we do this podcast week after week that's it all right let's go Joining me on the pod this week, I'm very happy to have Michael Rappaport, actor, podcaster. You see him on ESPN. You see him on Fox Sports. You see him on, you hear him on TuneIn Radio. What time is your show on
2: on TuneIn, Mike? TuneIn with Kenyon Martin, the Two Man Weave. It's five to seven Eastern every Wednesday until the playoffs are done. Let me say this first before we get into all the stuff we're going to get into. You can
1: take your Godfather. You can take your Citizen Kane. Give me Beautiful Girls any day of the week as one of the better movies ever. All right. I, I, I'm telling you, that was one of the first movies I became
2: completely obsessed with. How old were you when it came out? Oh, God. What year was it? Is it late 90s? I think it's like 96. 96. Seven? So I was probably 16 years old. Okay. Eight, so it's was probably okay. 16. And, All right. And,
1: but it, like, it resonated even later because- it's a guy guy from New York that goes back to the Boston area yeah. to see all his friends that are yeah, still yeah, doing yeah. a lot. Of, that's me. Like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I go back to Boston. Right. And my friends are are and even the characters, like the the Mo character, I have a friend that's just like that. Like right. Multiple kids. And you got a line in that movie that I think he said something along the lines of he's like a mental patient that doesn't know he's mental. Right. That applies directly to my boy.
2: Yeah, we had a good time making that movie. It was fun. It was a fun cast. We were all sort of bunkered down in, in Minnesota during the winter. Yeah. And, um, you know, the guys were there the whole time. But, like, you know, Rosie O'Donnell would come in. And, obviously, Uma Thurman was there. And, you know, different people would come in and out. And it was Ted Demi, the great Ted Demi, passed away. Um, But it was a fun time. It was a fun cast. Matt Dillon, Natalie Portman. Yeah. Uh, Timothy Hutton. Uh, that was, it was like a
1: who's who a cast like before you guys kind of took off. There. Yeah, well, like, Matt
2: was the Matt. You know, Matt and Tim Hutton had been around for a while. Yeah. Mean, both of those guys have been acting since their their, their you know like their late teens. Mm-hmm. And, and Matt Matt Dillon was, you know, I mean, he was, you know, you, I'm young. You're younger than me, but Matt Matt Dillon was such a big star when he first popped. Um, and he was just such a guy's guy, and the ladies loved him. And you know, it was just a, a real. A cool time to work for work with him because I, I grew up really liking his his films before I even thought about acting. So mm-hmm. it was like cool for me to do that. And, and with Tim Hutton too, uh, who who had won the Oscar for uh ordinary people. Um, and I used to tease him uh that he won the Oscar for Ordinary People over uh Joe Pesci and Raging Ball. Yeah. And the fact that ordinary people won the 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 Oscar over Raging Bull. I used to fuck with him all the time about that. But
1: it, it's uh it, it's it's such a well written movie, too. And I, I look for that in some movies. I'm sure you look for it as an actor. Uh, you know, I uh, whether it's Memento, Fight Club, those are great, well written movies. Mm-hmm. I thought beautiful girls on a different level, like Scott Rosenberg, yep. tremendous writer. Boston guy, yep. yeah. Yep, yeah, that, it was a good time. Wrote the shit out of that movie. Also the guy that last dated uh Bridget Moynihan before Tom Brady. Yep. Yep. (laughs) That's right. Had the great line of I thought the days of uh, losing my losing the girl to the quarterback were over.
2: In High school. Yep. Yep. (laughs) He he was dating Bridget Moynihan and then Tom Brady came in and behaved like Tom Brady, which is a whole other conversation. (laughs) But but yeah, Tom Brady and then Tom Brady uh, met uh, Giselle and started behaving like uh, Tom Brady. So so shout out to Tom Brady for doing what he does.
1: (laughs) Being Tom Brady. Um, I want to get to the playoff stuff with you, All but right. I got to ask you first uh, about your Knicks mm-hmm. because you were on my radio show recently, and I said this to Adam after you went up. I felt like you pulled your punches on the Knicks. I thought you'd be more pissed off at what you're seeing in New York the last couple of years. I thought you'd be more angry at Phil for what he's not doing and how he's frankly embarrassing the franchise with some of the things he's done the last you know couple of weeks. Are yep. you
2: are you OK with with Phil? I don't remember when I came on last time, but. I'm not okay with Phil. I'm not okay with Dolan, but I'm really not okay with Phil because I believe Dolan ha- has given the keys to the Madison Square Garden and basketball uh, decisions to Phil Jackson. And amongst other things, and, and you know, you could go over the details and, and, and chime my memory, but I don't care if Carmelo is the answer, not the answer, holds the ball, doesn't, he's not LeBron or, or Dwayne Wade. I think that's proven. But for Phil... To disrespect his players and to can I curse? Yeah, can, and to shit shit on his star guy that he signed to a no trade contract. Yep, um, publicly um, at a one or two or maybe three times he's spoken this season at the a, a, after after the, the the season's over as if any of this has to do with Phil Jack as if any of this has to do with Carmelo is disgusting. I think is totally unprofessional. Uh, 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 And I have never seen it done before in any sport Um, for, for, for him to, you know, say he'd be better off playing somewhere else. I think it's a fucking joke. Yeah. And I think it's, I just think it's so wrong on so many levels and I think it's fucked up and I think it's, it's unfair. And, and obviously Carmelo, you know, he he has his limitations as a player, but it's not like he's not still very effective and, and wasn't still an all-star. And The thing that bothers me, I mean, there's a bunch of things that bothers me about that particular thing. But when Derrick Rose disappeared and and you send out Jeff Hornacek to deal with the press and then the Charles Oakley incident, which was humongous. Like we forget about it because there's so many different things that go on. Time goes on, you know, things happen and there's MVPs and not MVPs. But in my opinion, when Dolan had to go on ESPN radio, and and answer questions to the press, although he was involved instead of Phil, who we want to hear from. Phil can control like the 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 the, the tempers uh, to a certain point of the fans by by talking. But for him to sit there all stoic during the games, not say shit, look like he's gonna fall asleep during the games, and then to finally pop up at the end of the season and 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 his you know and, and shit all over Carmelo, I think is not fair.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. Um... He, he not I mean he gives Carmelo the no trade clause and that.
2: I mean why would you give him the no trade clause yeah and and and, and you know if I was Dolan if I wanted to get control of, of the Knicks and get control of New York City and get everybody off my back when that Oakley thing happened that was a big deal yeah I would have said yo you're the GM paying you 12 million dollars a year go give five minutes to the press no I'm gonna ask you again I'm your boss you're the GM go give five minutes to the press no then you're fucking fired. I'd have fucking fired him on the fucking spot. And people would have been like, "Okay, Dolan isn't fucking around." And and that's your fucking job, Jeff Hornacek. I don't give give a shit if they brought in Jeff Hornacek, uh, Red Auerbach, or, or 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 the ghost of Red Holzman. If 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 a GM is implementing and forcing the coach to run a system, and basically they're just a puppet, they're just a vessel that the GM is sort of coaching through. They're never going to get respect. Jeff Hornacek's career as a coach is fucked. He's fucked. He he's going to get fired from the Knicks eventually. Whether it be, it, it doesn't look like it's going to be this summer, but it'll be next year or next mid year or or in the first two months. They already have it already. They already have it planned out. He's never going to get hired again because this this was a disaster. He had a good run in in Phoenix. It was cut short. That they, they made the trades, and now any coach that 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 has to be a vessel for Phil Jackson or for a GM. The players aren't going to respect them. They're yeah. not going to respect them because it's like, yo, you, we're not listening to you because we know everything you're saying is regurgitated from your fucking boss. Well, my biggest issue
1: with the Knicks uh, traces back to Dolan and, and the desire to win the press conference more than winning, uh, actually winning. And what that, press conference? The, he wins the press conference by hiring Phil in the first place. It's bringing Phil Jackson. That wasn't greatest, a bad idea. Oh, that was a terrible idea. Well,
2: but why do you think it was? A, you didn't because know it was good. No one, no one was talking about. Phil Jackson, no, what a disaster. Who would have thought it would have been this bad? Why would we predict that it would have been this bad?
1: Uh, I, I couldn't predict it'd be this bad. I could have predicted it'd be bad. Why? Because he's not a GM. How you do know? we know? Because he's not. But, because but, but, but because we, he's a 60-something-year-old man who is not has never done the job before, and this job is a young man's game. There's a reason the best in the world are like these 30, early 40-somethings like Sam Presti and Masai Ujiri who traveled the world on a— <laughs> you know weekly basis doing this job Phil just like and I have the same problem with Magic Johnson I don't believe that Magic's going to work out in LA for the exact same reason I don't believe in Phil it's it's a it's a 24/7 job these guys take a week off per year that's it mm. and they're grinding mm-hmm. and it's not it, it, you can't just say if you're a Magic or a Phil, I'm going to delegate to my lieutenants because not every decision organizationally is unanimous. He got lucky. He got lucky. Phil, we're talking Phil, about. Phil Phil got lucky that he drafted Porzingis. There were people that wanted. There's people that wanted want A. He got lucky. He listened to Clarence Gaines and he got lucky on that call. But wait, how do
2: you say he got lucky? He pressed the button. He pressed the button. So, so listen, I just sat here and bashed my own guy. <laughs> You can't say that he got lucky. He pressed the fucking button. He drafted Porzingis. Now that draft class, I don't remember. Is Willie Cauley Stein? Not good. Okay, Moutier was there. Uh, not good. Not good. Who
1: was there, so, together? so,
2: so he did. So we can't just shit all over everything. Whether it was him, whether it was this guy, that guy, he drafted Porzingis. And we, and, and as much as I want to, as much as I'm frustrated with it, that is his stroke of genius that we got. Yeah. So we can't just piss all over it and say he he got lucky. He drafted him. No one knows. But, but here's 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 why I the say the basketball nerds we're talking about. No, 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 no. But here's you guys I... weren't saying draft fucking Kristaps
1: because There was no footage of him. Well, okay. Two things. One, there was. Second, he never went overseas to go and see him. Never. His guys did. He didn't go and see him. Okay. And that's a problem. But 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 his guys did. But you know why? Giannis right now, one of the best players in the NBA, you know why he was drafted where he was drafted by Milwaukee? Because John Hammond went overseas, saw him play, and figured out this was going to be the guy. Now, he won't say that. He'll, he's not that good. I got you. But you got to go and do the work. got to do the leg work in this stuff. I, and feel physically. Like, some of it's no, not I even know. his fault. Like, physically, he can't do it at I times. get
2: you on that. And, and I agree with you on that. But, but I'm not going to discredit the fact that his guys or whatever. And I wish... I wish his guys. The, the, I mean, Hernan Gomez is going to be a good player. Could be. yeah. is gonna. I'm not saying they're going to be all be fucking Dirk Nowitzki, but they're those are good players. Could be. They're good pieces for a team. I, I don't know what the fuck to do, man. I don't know what the fuck to do with this team. I have no answers. I don't believe you have any answers. If I if I if I was gonna I say, an answer, what I is give it? An answer tomorrow? Fire Phil.
1: Hire Masai Giri.
2: Is he available? Drag him. You
1: can you can probably extract him from Toronto at some point. I would hire him. In a heartbeat as a GM, but, as a GM, because Masai Ujiri not only is extremely good at his job, but is extremely personable and would have the media eating out of his hand within a matter of weeks. He would be doing exactly what Donnie Walsh did for those couple of years. And there was no better time in this last decade yep. plus to be a Knicks fan. I think you'd agree. Yeah. Than the time Donnie Walsh was running the team. Yep. But it was a different time, though, because in the 90s, there wasn't Twitter. There well, this was 2007, like that when when Donnie was running the team.
2: Yeah, but Donnie wasn't like Mr. Personality. He had done his best stuff in the nineties. I'm not saying I'm saying like 2007 wasn't 2017 in terms of the instantaneous press conference. Holy shit! What did Phil just say? Holy shit! What did this one just say? Right. It's not like Donnie Donnie Walsh was like you know we liked him. He was a New York guy, and the proof was in the pudding. But now I agree with you. You need a face to go with it, and and if Phil seemingly cared more, he could be that because he's Phil. He yep. has that fucking star power. But for like, the, for the and, and, and I know it's like, you, you know, I'm hanging on this Oakley thing, but the Oakley thing, we were so distraught. Knicks fans and basketball fans, and, and it became like a cross-cultural thing. Like it was like a mainstream thing. For him not to say anything, was just like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. This ain't my problem. And it's like, it is your fucking problem. You're getting 12, you could go on Mike and Mike or whoever the fuck, go whoever the guy, you, the guy you like to talk to, talk for five minutes and clean it up a little bit. Well, you should do more than that because that, like that's most, the very least.
1: most GMs across the NBA, and let's, you know, Phil's got a different title, but it's the same thing. Most guys like that across the league are accessible whenever I agree. you kind of need them. And I And the agree. accessibility needs to happen. You You can't just vanish. I mean, September 23rd, was the last press conference before this one. That's it's insane. fucked up. That's insane. We had a player
2: disappear before a game.
1: Yeah. We had
2: Oakley. And, we never, sent, and they
1: sent Hornacek out there for that. That was
2: embarrassing. It, it, like Hornacek, Jeff Hornacek he should Jeff Hornacek should quit. Jeff Hornacek is going to get fired probably two months into the season next year. Did they know they're going to get rid of Jeff Hornacek? And, and where's he going to go? He's fucked. He's going to be on people's benches or he's going to retire from coach. He's fucked. Just like Derek Fisher's never... Not that he should have been hired in the first place. Yeah. That was a joke. I'm not making any excuses for Phil. It's been a disappointment. Um, I'll tell you, I'm here in New York uh, doing um, some stuff for the Tribeca Film Festival. Yep. And I was at this event, and Dolan was there. Now, I want to make sure I preface this, because if this gets taken out of context, you can show that. I I would never misbehave, disrespect, act out of character, or any of this stuff. So... If this gets pulled and you put on your thing, you just make sure you play this. That I would never, ever, ever do what I was thinking about doing when I saw him. And it wasn't just me. I was in this restaurant and there was workers. They had nothing to do with the film. These are guys, guys. These are fans coming over to me. You see Dolan's here? And I was like, no. He was like, he's right over there. And I was like, holy fucking shit. And like, I started to just think of all the trouble and all the problems and like, if like maybe he Just goes all bubbles to the surface. Maybe if he goes by the window, or maybe say he wants to go smoke a cigarette on the rooftop. It's like the Untouchables where. And now I would never do that. I would never, and I would never go over and say anything to him. It's not the right place. I'm, I, I, you know, I was, I was glad to be where I was. It was a Tribeca event, but in my head, I'm thinking, well, maybe if I happen to bump into him where he's by a window. Maybe it's just eight years and possibly the district attorney is a Knicks fan and maybe it gets pushed down to four and I would never, ever do that. But I'm also thinking like, you know, my name and my fame and my appreciation as being a New Yorker, I would never be able to top that. There's nothing in my life that I would ever, me, I would never be able, I'm never going to cure cancer, I'm not going to uh, figure out the way to world peace. But, but, so it crossed my mind. It's a, it's a mess, man. And and, and you know what, Chris? You, you're telling me you're from Boston? New York is the mecca of basketball. Yep. It always will be the mecca of basketball. If you walk a mile in any direction from where we are right now on the west side of Manhattan, you'll run into a basketball court. Whether they're playing basketball, kickball, roller skating, rollerblading, or it's empty. The fabric of New York City. In any five borough, the architecture is basketball. And we deserve better. And, and 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 I used to go to the games in the 80s. And I'm not talking about 82, 83. I was 13. I'm talking about 86, 87, 88. I used to walk around the arena. You had free reign because no one was there. Until motherfuckers spend their money going to see Broadway shows or keeping their money in their pocket, watching Netflix, things aren't going to get better. This Phil Jackson experiment is a fucking disaster. It's a yep. disaster. And you must, I mean, look,
1: as a Knicks it's, fan, you can't look at Boston and... and- Support them in any way, but you Yeah, must, I do. But but I you do. look at that. We look at that franchise and the functionality right. of it. Yes, like an owner that hires a very good GM who hires a very good coach. I mean, it's just just simple functionality matters in the NBA and free agents. I can tell you, they look. Yes, at, they look at these situations. I was talking to Karan Butler about this the other day. He's like, "Look, man, everyone's looking at Mello." And saying Mello does not deserve this. We're fucked. Like why would we go to the Knicks? Nobody. Like, is. They'll still be able to get the Joe Kim Noahs of the world. If you want to pay an old faded player four years, seventy two million dollars, you absolutely can do that. He'll absolutely sign there. But if you have to compete for free agents, you're not winning that fight. Nope. It, there's the appeal of New York. It, it does. It lacks the mystique anymore. You it's don't. Done. You don't need Broadway to to become a marketing star. You've got Kevin Durant was the second most advertised player in the league last year. He played in fucking Oklahoma City. Like that's like there's no longer you don't longer have to be in New York to be
2: a star. Now. I agree. And 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 in this, and in this term and this in this run and this realm that we have here, we're done. I don't know. That's a th- fantastic t-shirt by Thank the way. Jake lamotta Jake t-shirt. LaMotta. <laughs> so let me ask you a question cuz you know all these things. So in the summer, what's going to happen with the Knicks? We're going to get what kind of draft pick? Who, who are we going to draft? Well, you cross your fingers and, and hope you land in that top three. And but even then,
1: like if you are going to play the triangle, do you really want to stick Markel Fultz, Alonzo Ball in the triangle? Does that make any sense? These are dynamic pick and roll point guards. These are MVP potential guys that that play like Derrick Rose did back in his prime.
2: Do you really want to Lonzo stick them? Balls like Derrick Rose? Nah, back
1: more, in his Markel prim- Fultz might be. Markel Fultz might be. Ball is is a different type of player. But both of them.
2: Are pick and roll players right? Yeah, both of them. Do you really want to stick them in the triangle? I, I, I don't think. I don't think. I think you should. If we're if we're making a meal and I got and I want a turkey uh Thanksgiving meal and they say, well, all you got is chicken wings, and and it, it, then we're not having turkey for Thanksgiving. We're gonna have some great ass chicken wings. You're not serving turkey dinner for Thanksgiving when you got fucking chicken wings and a ham. You could still have a the great and and that's the thing I don't understand. And I, I'm not Mister Basketball. I don't know all the details. But I've never, in 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 my knowledge, seen a GM force the team to play such a specific. I, I guess GMs they want to have they want to have say they have this play this guy play, but to force them to play this way that obviously isn't working. And the triangle lessons and the triangle tutorials, fuck the fucking triangle. And if it's so simple, why the fuck is it so complicated for all these? They're not dumb. Yeah, these are real basketball players. No one understands it. it doesn't work. I don't. I don't get it. I'm sick of the Knicks. I'm so and I and I and I wish I had another team to really like, but I can't. I can't. It's it's like, but the fact that we're sitting out there cheering at the last game of the season for Ron fucking Baker. No disrespect to Ron Baker. Don't go to the game. Go to see fucking Hamilton. They that that thing sucks too. Go waste your time and your money to go see Hamilton. Tough to get tickets. Right. Go go go. Waste your time down there. Get get fooled and, and think that that's a hip hop experience. Go down there and see that fucking that con job. All right, let's move on. Let's let's talk about something more. Uh, more. Well,
1: actually, this is not really a positive topic. But the news yesterday: Steve Kerr uh, mm. likely going to miss. Well, he's going to miss game four, and he has no idea what is it. It's a it's it's it's, it's byproduct of his back surgery. It's the it's, it's chemical. No, he just he's having. Um, still having pain, like the spinal fluid leaking in his back, it's causing migraine headaches, oh. just indescribable pain. Shh. He's going to miss at least game four. This sounds like they have no idea when he's going to come back. Right. Is that a big deal to you? Does, does, does Steve Kerr make an impact or is Mike
2: Brown fine as the head coach there? I, obviously, he makes an impact. An impact For this to happen during the playoffs, I think it makes an impact. impact. I think that this team, you know, has such great leadership and such a great Sort of chemistry and sort of everybody plays their role, and and obviously the three main guys they they could run the team in terms of the the, the 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 general stuff. You know the in and out of Westbrook. I'm sorry, the in and out of Durant the last few weeks and him coming back. You need a, your head coach. Brown is a good coach. Um, uh, uh, I mean, Woodson is a good coach. But um, no, Brown, Mike Brown. Brown Mike sorry, Mike yeah. Brown is a good coach. What the fuck? What's, you, got in the yeah, you got your Christ. mind on the next deal. Yeah, Jesus Christ. You got your mind on the next deal. But I think obviously it's a big deal. What, what is your opinion on that? Uh, I think
1: it's not a big deal in this series. This series obviously. is fine. It might not be a big deal in next series, but if you're going to face the Spurs in a oh, conference yeah. finals and you're matching wits with Greg Popovich and they're doing things to you that are taking either Durant or Clay Thompson out of the game with Kawhi Leonard, uh, that's when that's when it matters. So I if agree. I'm Steve, if I'm Steve Kerr or if I'm Bob Myers, the GM of the team, I'm telling Steve, look, just take the next couple of weeks off. just. Go, go home. Uh, you can chime in via Skype, you know, just take care of yourself. And then hopefully you can come back for the conference finals because that's when you need them. That's, that's going to be a tough series. Now I know San Antonio has got a lot to deal with now with Memphis. They're playing good, but I'm assuming the Spurs win that. Yeah. One. That with the way Tony Parker's playing, the Spurs are the boogeyman. And mm-hmm. they, and they have knocked off They've beaten the big bad wolf before. Mm-hmm. They beat Miami back in 2014 mm-hmm. when nobody thought they would wipe the floor with them. They can beat Golden
2: State if yep. they're playing at a high level and that's where there's a the value of Steve Kerr I think comes into play. I agree. I agree. It's not a small thing. I mean, if this is 20 games into the season they did it, but this is the playoffs and I and I agree. You're not, you know, Greg Popovich. This is this is his time to shine. They are playing well, other teams are playing well, and I think you need your head coach to win the championship at, at this level. I mean, you can't, let's say, yeah, I, it's a problem. It's an issue.
1: I love Kawhi Leonard, man. He was, he was the, he, Kawhi Leonard made it so tough for me for the MVP vote. So tough. Because did you vote? I didn't vote. We don't, do I, you have a vote? I did for a long time, but I don't like the idea of, of, of media votes having an impact on players' money. So I stopped mm. voting a couple of years ago. I don't like that. That's. The All-NBA team, so thing with Paul George, like he makes an All-NBA team, he gets an extra $70 million, or his next contract could be worth that much. That makes me a little bit uncomfortable uh, where you know I vote for that. So I, I don't do it anymore. But wow. if I did, um, I, I would have given it to Westbrook because of Westbrook's season. But every time I see Kawhi Leonard do what he did, like in game four, yeah. where he's making clutch shots, to me, and I tweeted this the other day, Kawhi is like Kobe was the heir to Michael and Kawhi is the heir to Kobe. This killer... Two way player. It's not a disrespect to LeBron. LeBron came up a different way, mm-hmm. but these all these guys came in young age, that killer mentality right away, immediately.
2: <laughs> Kawhi and- is really, really, really good. I, I I don't like to compare him to Kobe because his 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 um what you see from him is more Tim Duncan-ish. It's more sort of robotic. It's more sort of like I'm going to do what I do. Obviously, it's different positions, but I'm just showing his disposition as a person is so low key, whereas Kobe wore his emotions on his sleeve, but he's a motherfucker, man. He's great to watch. Um, I, I mean, he, that game four, I think it's probably the, 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 the game of the, the, the playoffs so yeah. far. Yeah. Memphis and, and San Antonio, those guys were playing ball. They were playing hard. They were playing physical, but it was fair. They were going at it. I love Memphis, Zach and Gasol. These are type of players that probably won't. They're going to be like relics in a few years. The yeah. way we're going with the big guys, um, the 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 the. So yeah, I mean, I love Kawhi just as the next person, but just the the Kobe comparison in terms of his disposition, it's hard to compare him because you can't get him like you know. Every now and then you'll see him go, "Let's go!" Like I saw him say, and that's like, "Oh shit," he spoke. Yeah, but he's just so like singularly He's per- focused
1: he is the singularly focused spur, yeah you know in his disposition yeah but this is what this is what it goes back to mike on <sighs> drafting guys like uh, on, on just how you scout players yeah. i mean it, he was identified what was he 15 14 something like that in his draft he was identified he was a four man at yeah. san diego state yeah. and spurs figured out that he was going to be a great three man. And he they figured out that he was uh, the type of worker that he would get better every single year. I mean, this is, I hate the tanking mentality because it's so stupid. Because if you just do your job, yeah, yeah, sure. Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, that's great. You, you get one of those guys, they're transcendent players. But if you, you do- You really
2: your, think that Lonzo Ball's a transcendent guess, NBA player? I think he
1: could be. I think he could be. Like, I think transcended Fultz
2: is more, like what? Like, 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 like Jason, all-star. Jason
1: King? Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it's, it's, it, it, Fultz is more of a sure thing to me. Uh-huh. I think Fultz is a stud. Yeah, I think yeah, people yeah. aren't talking about him enough because yeah, his I team agree. sucked. And, and, his, and he doesn't have a father as a, yeah, press, as, a PR he's person. A fucking maniac. He needs about. a father. That's why you want him in New York because he'll be talking to Frank Isolde every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. About the triangle.
2: Oh, you mean La- La- Lonzo. Lonzo, Lavar, oh, Lavar in New York. Can you imagine? Oh, Yo, man. he'd be in big trouble if he came to New York. Oh, man. That would be daily. It, oh, I mean, he'd, be, he'd be fucked. Yeah. That'd be the worst thing for Lonzo Ball if, if he came to New York. That'd be the worst the second worst would be LA. Yeah. He should go to a small market. Go play in Phoenix. Phoenix is perfect for him. Go play in Phoenix. Play with, go, play go with play Devin Phoenix.
1: Booker. Nobody's paying attention to you. Just handle your business down there.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Don't come to New York with that shit. <laughs> they, they, they want that. They the New York sports reporters, they wee we, We're looking, we'll eat him up. Yeah. He won't know what the fuck's going on. Put him in a blender. It'll be like a smoothie. <laughs> 30 games into the season. Uh,
1: we were talking before the show started about uh the, the Celtics Bulls series and how lucky the Celtics have been with Rajon Who would have thought in January or February when Rondo was staple to the bench that the Bulls are likely going to bow out of this series because Rajon Rondo isn't playing. I mean that that is a job saver for a lot of people a lot of players maybe on that team because Danny Ainge would have made some changes if you get beaten in the first round by the Bulls.
2: I agree. They were clicking, man. Uh uh Rajan, Wade, and Butler were playing selflessly. Um, and 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 they they were not scared, and the rest of the team bought into it. Lopez was just playing. He was playing physical. Um, he, he was playing without care, he was playing without fear and playing without hesitation. And and they had the momentum. They had the momentum. Uh, um, and I don't know what's gonna happen now, but you know, they made it a series. Obviously, you know, uh, the Isaiah Thomas situation, uh, you know, was lo- looming after game one, yeah. but I don't even think that was a factor. I think that Boston, uh, Chicago came in, they weren't intimidated, and they were like, yo, we're going to beat these guys as ass. I
1: think it was more of a factor for Isaiah's teammates than it was for Isaiah. I mean, Isaiah certainly, I mean, God knows, I am I hope I never have to experience that, what he went through. But I think his teammates kind of had to walk on eggshells around him for a couple of games. Right. I think. I think the best thing that happened... Uh, for the team was that he went back to Tacoma in between games two and games three. Yeah. They focused on their practice. Isaiah handled his business and he came back in game three and he he wasn't great, but they were a much more focused team in that game. That being said, they probably still would have lost if Rondo played. I agree.
2: I think Rondo's going to play game five. Well, I mean, he's right-handed, right? Yeah. So I mean that that's, that's tough. Going, it's going to be tough because his right thumb is broken, and he's a tough guy. Right. The fucking guy played
1: through a torn ACL, played twelve minutes with a torn ACL, right. played half a series with a broken arm, right. against Miami. One arm broken. I mean, this guy has a high tolerance for pain.
2: Yeah, and he's he's competitive, and he wants to beat the Boston Celtics. Yeah, and 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 as much as I was rooting for the Celtics because I, I thought that they would, you know, be the, be the uh, ones to push Cleveland the most. They're fucked. And they're exposed because you know, Isaiah can only do so much. Isaiah could only do so much. And and I think that they I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I mean, but this series isn't over. It's 2 2. Yeah. And Rondo coming back. If they win game five.
1: Yeah. Game five's high noon. Game and the five. games have
2: been competitive. Even the one. I mean, the game three was kind of not, but last night was they play basketball.
1: I don't like Fred Hoyberg going away from Robin Lopez the way he did in games three and four. Like, I agree. Robin Lopez was—he was like Patrick Ewing in his prime. He was playing very good those two. first two games. He was awesome, and then all of a sudden, Boston goes small, and Hoyberg adjusts. Like I, I don't even like the adjustment. Like just keep going big, keep hammering them. I agree. Lopez was destroying yep. them on the glass, the I offensive agree. glass in particular, giving them second chance opportunities. Uh, that was a mistake.
2: I, I think, agree with that one. I agree. I uh, we'll see. I mean, it's been fun. I think that the the Milwaukee Toronto is 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 very yeah. fun, and and I that's don't know. another
1: team. Like Toronto, like be afraid if you lose that series. Like really, changes could be made. Oh, there.
2: then they change. there. listen. Toronto ain't never winning shit. As long as Cleveland's around with that team, they're never getting over. You that don't think home. that
1: second round? I think that second round series is interesting. I think Toronto was a tough matchup for Cleveland the second round.
2: I think they're a tough matchup, but as much as I can't stand fucking LeBron. That motherfucker, man, he goes into another fucking zone this time of year. He does it time and time and time and time and time and time again. And just when you think he's out or hurt or he's going to slow up, he goes to another place. He's ridiculous.
1: You look at individual matchups, though, there. I mean, Kyle Lowry and Kyrie Irving, you know, Irving's a little bit better, but that's kind of a wash there at yeah. that position. DeRozan wins the two guard battle. And Serge Ibaka, to me, is the difference maker. Ibaka with that team, he wasn't around last year. They had to play Valanchunas and yeah. somebody else in the small lineup. Now they can match Ibaka with Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson. You can, that's what they did. The second half of the season, when they acquired Ibaka, their defense went way up, mm-hmm. way up because of that. So, uh, you know, look, they got to get through Milwaukee, and Milwaukee's been a, a, a fucking nightmare for that team. Like, you Giannis has been running buck wild in that series and
2: Thorn and 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 the about, I can't believe Thorn Maker,
1: I can't believe Thon Maker can play I really I, I'm, I'm not surprised I'm stunned. I covered him I covered him when I was at SI and I, I used to like I mean he just bounced from high school to high school and I knew he had talent but I didn't think he had this NBA ready top 10 pick talent he has been stunning to me with how good he's been who's the rookie of the year does the rookie of the year
2: even matter in the NBA not, anymore? Not anymore?
1: No, I I would have voted for Sarek narrowly over Brogdon. Yeah, it was close. Embiid if he played more games. Yeah, uh, but Sarek, to me, the way he he progressed towards the end of the season,
2: he was yeah. a bit better. The 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 uh, the rookie of the year is is an award that I think will never be the same. Yeah, I I think with these one and Dunnners Yeah, uh, uh, coming out, um. It, it'll it'll never be like the sort of prestige that it used to be. It could be fun
1: next year if, if Fultz and Ball are competing for it and Ben Simmons, because yeah. he'll be back in right, the mix. Right,
2: right, right, he counts.
1: It could be fun watching that one next that's
2: year. That's true, that's true. And, and 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 the MVP, which I have a lot to say about. Yeah. Which I think is is the biggest, most overhyped thing of the 2016-2017 NBA season. Okay. It exemplifies the skinny genification of the NBA. Okay, which is not just a dress thing. It's a mentality. The fact that Russell Westbrook and James Harden have been campaigning and the media, you, I participated in it, Skip, Steven, all the fucking basketball nerds, Bill Simmons, all of you, all of you, everybody's everybody's guilty, me too, Okay, have having this conversation since the first week of the NBA. Who's going to be the regular season MVP? Who gives a fuck? And the, the, the cherry on the top of the Who Gives a Fuck is they're giving the award out now June twenty six. when Russell Westbrook will be eliminated. James Harden will be eliminated. They will have vacation. June twenty six, or is it... Uh, June twenty six? Is that the show? That's the fucking okay. show. Two and a half months after the regular season is over. It's like after the draft
1: too. Like yeah,
2: Two and a half months after the regular season over, when we've forgotten about the regular season... When even the hardest of hardcore basketball fan is like, fuck basketball, I need a break. They're going to give the regular season MVP to Russell Westbrook, who will have been to uh, the south of France. God knows where he deserves to break. They're giving this award. It's such a slap in the face. There will be no great speech. There will be no, she's the real MVP. There will be no Derrick Rose uh, um, vulnerability crying. That will be over. That will be done. And and the fact that this is discussed, like, it means shit. And the fact that Andre Iguodalo's um, 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 NBA Finals MVP is just like a blip. That's what matters. Do you really think Dirk Nowinski sits there and looks at his, what was it, 2007 MVP? Yep. And he received it after his team, who had the best record in the NBA, got bumped from the first round in the playoffs. Two days later, he got his MVP trophy. Do you think he sits there and goes... Wow, how you doing, MVP trophy? Do you think Steph Curry looks at his MVP trophy from last year when he was unanimous and caused like the, the backlash for the, the, the darling of the NBA? Yep. And he goes, how you doing, MVP? We lost game seven, but I still love you. They don't give a fuck about these awards. These awards mean something 20 years from now. The fact that it's a tw- a, a, a full season campaign and discussion and debate every single day, every single week to me And it's given out. This is my thing with the NBA. That's the NBA's fault. Last, two weeks ago, the NBA ended on a a Wednesday. Why not add fuel to the James Harden-Russell Westbrook fire that Friday afternoon? Give that person the MVP. Make it even more clash of the Titans. Not that OKC would have been able to beat them. Yep. But you want people to watch the the shows. You want people to watch the games. Why wait till June 26th? Yeah, well,
1: two things. I completely agree with you there. I, I think that would have been, and that, should be the these are all computer tabulated. you know Wednesday afternoon when all the votes are in
2: they do presidential elections in one day with <laughs> millions and millions of people whether exactly. they're right fixed or voted or the Florida of it all there's what 500 people voting you could do that in 15 minutes exactly yeah but the only reason they do it is for tv
1: to, to extend their season. Who, who the fuck's going to watch that award show? But I'm they not want, watching that fucking thing, and I no, love there'll basketball. Be, there'll be people watching it.
2: I'll catch it on Twitter. Yeah, who the fuck is going to watch the NBA awards thing after you've grinded out two and a half months of playoffs? I mean, Chris, you love basketball, obviously, as much as the next person. There's a certain tipping point where you're like, enough is enough. I won't watch the award show. No. I don't
1: care. I'll watch it on Twitter, or I'll follow it on Twitter, and that's, that's pretty much it. So what do they expect? It's not the Oscars. I, I may... To, like the this has been a unique mvp race to me why because you all almost always you get a player from a top 2 or 3 team that wins the mvp that's almost always right westbrook has a chance to break the mold Westbrook I agree. has a 6 seed on that team plus i think he deserves it i'm not sure who, who
2: you're you said westbrook was your guy i would say westbrook is my guy but again and i hash and i give the 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 um the thing you know the the asterisk to lebron LeBron yeah. could have easily won it. Kawhi could have easily won it. Yep. It's, it, it. That's what I'm saying. It's this award that inevitably means shit. Both yep. of those guys are going to be eliminated from the playoffs. Yep. They're getting kicked the fuck out. Harden's getting bumped and Russell's getting bumped. So who cares about this award? It's a, It's so, for it to be a full season. I think
1: players care about the award, though. They may I, not sit up at night staring at their trophy, but I think they care about the award. I think
2: it, they, I'm not saying they don't care and I'm being I'm exaggerating, but for it to be a full season full season campaign and then we as fans we are the only ones that are going to watch the show and Mm -hmm. it's going to be the hardest of the hardcore. I don't know what they're expecting. It's not the Emmys. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris isn't hosting the fucking thing. There's not a song and dance bit. What's the, what's the big draw to this show? Give the fucking guy the regular season MVP during the regular season. Not two and a half months later. It's not fair.
1: Yeah. No, look,
2: there's going to be thong bikini pictures of Russell Westbrook, Bathing in the sun in Hawaii as he should. Yeah. He's going to start thinking about the next season when he wins his regular season MVP thing.
1: I'm interested just because if Westbrook does it, it's going to be... That stuff like that rarely happens. Plus, I'm pro-Westbrook because... In the history of the NBA, recent history, when a star player leaves a team, the ca- the caliber of Kevin Durant, that team craters, whether it's LeBron when he left in 2010, Chris Paul when he left New Orleans, Dwight Howard when he left Orlando, those teams, Orlando still trying to dig itself out of a hole mm-hmm. after Dwight Howard left. Those teams crater. Mm-hmm. This team, the fact they won 47 games is remarkable. They're not a, a contender, but 47
2: games on the back of Russell Westbrook. That's why he would have been my MVP. I-, I agree. And this isn't a shot against Russell or James or any of these guys. He's incredible, man. I was telling my father, who used to be a big basketball fan, he was watching the game with me yesterday, and he was asking about Russell Westbrook. He doesn't watch. He's 84. I was like, everything you heard, everything you read, everything you blips you've heard about Russell Westbrook, it's all true and then some. Yeah. The the, the tenacity at which he plays every single play of every single game and the fact that he has taken that team as far as he's taken it and made the games competitive, although I think they're going to get bumped I would love to see them make it to six games, but I think it's going to be over quicker. He's just, he's, he's a, tireless out there. It's he's tireless. Freaky, man. It's, he gets stronger in the fourth quarter. It's amazing. And he gets stronger in, in, you know, game four of the play. Like, he's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Like, I would love to, like, do some scientific experiment on him. Like, his stamina. Like, I mean, obviously he works hard in trains, hard, but he's just born with some sort of freaky gift. Yeah. No so question. it's not a knock on him. And it's not a knock that the award doesn't mean anything. I just feel like it's gotten overblown. This yep. regular season MVP, and at the end of the day, it all comes down to what team and what player plays the the best during the playoffs. I would love to see them make it a, a, a playoffs MVP. Like who? Because it'll it'll never inevitably be the person who plays the best in the finals, but the full playoffs MVP. And it'll go to one of the winners of the, yeah. you know, add, if you're going to do this award show and make the big, add that award to it. Add a playoffs MVP to I could see that. I could,
1: I could work with that. That'd be good with me. I mentioned Magic Johnson earlier. I want to ask you about the Lakers, who are yeah. now having, who are now in the middle of a pretty important offseason. First of all, May the lottery. That's huge for the Lakers. The mm-hmm. ping pong balls don't go their way. And I'll be honest, I'm actually. You know, privately kind of rooting for a top three of, you know, whether it's Boston, Denver and Miami, the teams that didn't tank at the end of the season. I don't like tanking. I don't think tanking should be rewarded. But if they get inside that top three, they keep their pick. And then they've got some options out there because Indiana's going to have to make an offer to Paul George. And if he turns down that deal, they've got to trade him. Interesting summer for Russell Westbrook too in Oklahoma City because if he, he, you know, they've got to talk to him about an extension about the future whether he wants to be there. If they decide that he doesn't want to be there, they've got to move him too, which is now this hello summer. I, I, look, they can't risk Durant again. They can't. They may wait till February, but they can't risk another Durant moment. They can't wow, lose. Two, I didn't
2: realize that. With they Westbrook. can't lose. No, Oklahoma City cannot lose two top five players in, no. in in three years, and they're never gonna. You're never gonna be blessed with that kind of. Yeah. Star Like, that's like, those guys are rare enough to have in the league, let alone rare enough to have in Oklahoma City. And Westbrook may want to be there. It could be, you know, it, he's one of those
1: guys. Everyone sort of attaches his fashion stuff to the idea he wants to live in New York and L.A. He doesn't. He spends the entire offseason, as you said, he's in Milan, he's in New York. He's doing all this stuff with his fashion brand. And he loves the fact that he goes home to Oklahoma City. He plays basketball. Nobody bothers him, and that's how he lives his life. He loves that about being in Oklahoma. He recognizes that I think more than Kevin Durant did. So I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I'm just saying that if they believe that he's not going to resign, they've got to move him. They've got to move him. I agree. And the question I have for you is: With the Lakers, what do you give up for either one of those players? Do you give it all up if you get say you have the first pick in the draft in your LA, and Paul George or Russell Westbrook is available? How deep into your well of assets do you go to get one of those two players?
2: Well, you can't give it all up because then, then you just have an exciting. Understand, though, you're competing
1: probably with a Boston, which has you know as many assets, if not more, as the Lakers. Uh, other teams, I'm sure, will jump into that mix as you well. You give
2: a lot up for both of those guys. Yeah. And if you have Russell Westbrook on the table, you give up. I think Russell Westbrook, you give up you're going to give up a lot. You might have to give up like the Oscar De La Hoya statue outside of Staples. (laughs) Like you could be like, just take this thing because I don't know why it's here in the first place. No disrespect to Oscar De La Hoya, but his great fights were not in the Staples Center. That being said, and Paul is not that far behind. I don't think he's at Russell's level, but he's a half a step, full step behind Russell. And I think him in LA would be exciting. Um, Do you give up Brandon Ingram and the first pick for Paul George? Yes. Yeah? Yes.
1: Brand, Brandon
2: Ingram that. is 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 a, is, a, is an experiment. Brandon Ingram needs to, uh, you know, he's one of these guys that gets drafted when he's 19, and he might be the guy that you expected when he's 22. He might not. You know, we saw him go to the basket and dunk the ball in one of these tank games. Whoop-dee-doo, he's a professional basketball player. Yeah, for Paul George, you, you give up Brandon Brandon Ingram, and who did you say, and the first and round? And the first
1: pick, which turns Absolutely. into Colts. Absolutely. I
2: think, I, look if Indiana doesn't want to give up Paul George,
1: but I think they'd take something like that. That's that's a legit offer. For, I agree. Because you know, the paces aren't going anywhere either. The problem you run into with, with George and with, with Westbrook is that if you empty the cupboard, they may not want to stay there either. Right. The appeal of LA is the same it's the same problem New York runs into. Right. It's like you because these guys when they get to their second contract or their third contract they're 27 28 years old like they're a little bit of, they, they know this next contract is going to take them through the prime years of their career mm. they don't want to be even they don't want to be in a great market sucking like being awful for 4 or 5 years that's the danger they run into
2: i agree i agree uh, uh, i mean i don't think D'Angelo russell sucks i don't think he's great 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 but i think he's okay i think he'll okay. get better he's what 20 yeah is he 20 years old?
1: 20 years old. 2021 I think. Same thing with Julius Randle. Okay.
2: Okay. Um but I, I I I you give up a lot for those two guys. Those are franchise dudes and 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 Paul George is no fucking joke. Yeah. Um and I and I disagree with you that I think that Magic is going to be successful in Los Angeles. And I think that okay. Magic knows about winning and I think that he'll send his soldiers. I think he'll go places and I think Magic will Will do well. I think Magic won't won't, won't leave the the, the Lakers until They win a trophy. Well, I I agree with that, but I mean I, I just don't know what to base.
1: Like I have no opinion yet on Magic at all. Like he he showed me something by being in Memphis during I think it was the Sweet Sixteen when right. Lonzo Ball was playing. Right. Like you got to get up and go. Like that's what Pat Riley does. Pat Riley is as conspicuous as anybody in a crowd, but he's at these games. Right. He's traveling. Larry Bird, it's the road too. Like these guys are there. They're present. <laughs> You have to do that if you're uh, if you're a top executive. If Magic does that, I'm with you, great exec. But he can't sit back there and allow his people to bring him information and say, you know what, I can make this call because I watched two hours of film and I'm Magic Johnson.
2: I, I don't think he'll do that. Magic is a winner, and and Magic is tenacious, and Magic has an ego, and Magic has a pride, and there is no hiding being Magic Johnson. He's not gonna you know wilt away into the crowd. He's fucking. The, he's always gonna be the biggest person in the crowd, and I just think his ego, his drive. And his lust for that win, he's going to make it happen. I believe that he'll make it happen. I, I, I they obviously that team. No matter who's there, they have they have they have to fix things. Yep. But I just think that Magic is going to see what Phil's done, and and what he hasn't done. And I think that he's just he he he's still vital. Like physically, he's going to be able to move around. He's not seventy something with back surgery. Uh, and I think I think he's going to do good. That's going to be key because, and he's got a, a good GM there,
1: Rob Palenko. Knows the league. I mean, I go back to like Vlade Divac in Sacramento. I don't know what he's doing out there. Like he right. he was fleeced. Like like the basketball nerds, they will fleece you in trades. Like Sam Hinkie fleeced him in a couple of trades. Right. He opened up cap space to sign Rajon fucking Rondo, who they dumped after one year. Uh, uh, th- he just you've got to you've got to put the work in. You've got to, you've got to go into this if you're Magic Johnson putting the same amount of work into learning this job as you did learning basketball. It's the same amount of work.
2: And 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 as he did learning business. Business, right? And 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 it's you know it's like you know obviously he wasn't making the baseball decisions for the Dodgers, but if they sucked, they'd be like he'd get all the 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 the, the blame. You know, I just think his temperament, his disposition and 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 the fact that I just think that goes a long way. And and I think it's it's not rocket science. I think a lot of it is effort and I think that he will not lack effort. And I think he's got pride. And he knows, yo, this is I built this shit. Yep. This has to be fixed. I don't I don't think he's going to I don't think he's going to um back down from what needs to be done. All right, he's me, not lazy. He is a worker. He's a worker, no question. So, it's just and, it's got to be focused work.
1: Like you've got to know like, like, it's all about relationships too. Like, you've got to develop a relationship with John Calipari and these other coaches, and and get and and so
2: you don't think Magic Johnson will be able to develop? You don't think he already no, has but relationships no, with but all you, them? But you have
1: to know. When they're bullshitting you, because a college coach is probably going to save whatever he can to get his guy drafted in the first round, because he gets his guy drafted in the first round, and then he goes to the high school kid and go, "I just got this guy drafted in the first round." But Chris, you've got to know, be able to have the, you got to have the relationship with them that they're not going to lie to your face. But
2: isn't the isn't the first round easy peasy? Isn't isn't no. isn't isn't the second and third no. round where you find your outside, guys? outside
1: the top five? It's a crapshoot half the time. Look at the look at who gets like Clay Thompson was ten in his draft. Steph Curry was drafted after. Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio. Like it's, it's hard. Like in these picks, I mean, the top two picks, fine, whatever, even they can be difficult. Greg Oden, like, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it just, it's all about, I'm telling you, it's all about the relationships being at practices, hearing from these coaches, what they, what's the truth. It's not easy and it takes a ton of work and a ton of phone calls. That's why I go back to our original uh, point where the, the Sam Pressies and the R.C.
2: Bufords and the Maasai's like they're they're grinders. I they're hear all you out there. I hear you. I, I think magic. I'm not listening. I got no no vested interest in the Lakers doing well or not doing well. I believe in Magic Johnson and I believe him in as a businessman and I believe him in as a winner. He's always won. He's won life. He's won championships. He's won with the Dodgers. He's a bit. He ain't fucking around. I think he has I, no reason. It's not like he's doing it because he needed a job. No, I think the jury's out right now
1: on Magic. It's wide open for him to. He's done pretty well so far. None of these
2: guys are, are 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 guaranteed. They're fucking GMs. They're not out there playing. No, no. But you can if you're the
1: Lakers, and this goes back to winning the press conference. If you're the Lakers and you have all this money, I don't know what Magic's getting paid, but it's probably significant why not try to lure a Presti? Nobody's ever gone to San Antonio and said to R.C. Buford, like, do you kind of want to move on? You've been there for like two decades. Do you want to try something different outside of Pop's shadow? I don't know if he'd go, but the Lakers are a pretty attractive job. So why wouldn't you hire the best GM in basketball for the last 20 years? Mm-hmm. Who has no tie to your organization, that's fine. And you're not going to excite the fan base like you do with Magic, but you might win more. You right. might be better at your job because right. you can draft the Tony Parkers and the Manu Ginoblis, and those guys of the world.
2: I agree with that. I, but I don't think that guy's leaving anywhere. He might you never know. Yeah. Well, you heard things. No, I don't hear anything. I just know that. No, I don't, hear, I don't
1: hear anything specifically on that. But I know that. If, I think
2: Spurs guys stay in San Antonio. Well, they, I mean. They like it. They, they, but, As they
1: should. But their tree is huge. Like, you know, Presti goes somewhere. Um, uh, Dennis Lindsay in Utah. All these guys have done a great job. Dennis Lindsey is arguably the executive of the year uh-huh. based on what the Jazz are doing right now. Uh-huh. He signed Joe Johnson. Look uh-huh. what Joe Johnson has uh-huh. done this week. I know. He's kicking the Clippers ass. I know. I know, series, I know. So. I know. It's tough, man. I the, I would always look to those guys first. Uh, but let me finish on the Clippers. Blake Griffin done for the for rest of the postseason. Another year, another massive injury. If you're the Clippers, what do you do? What's your offseason look like? Understanding, too, that Steve Ballmer, if he's going to bring back all these guys, uh, our guy Bobby Marks tells me that with luxury tax penalties, it would be $250 million to bring back all those guys, reddick Redick, uh Paul and Blake Griffin over the lifetime of their deals. A quarter of a billion dollars to bring back a team that might have lost in the first round. Can't do it. Do you bring any of them back? Yeah, you're gonna bring some of them back because you can't get rid of all of them, can you? No, you can't, but which one do you what do you do? I would I think Reddick's gone. 20 million per year was oh, yeah, probably gone. gonna get Reddick's you know, gone. Somebody's gonna offer him a huge deal. Redick, Redick's and he has to take it
2: And 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 I mean what would you do with Blake the injuries are 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 a major problem. Yeah, but if I was if I was going to choose
1: one player to rebuild this thing, I'd probably take Blake, if only because of age
2: over CP
1: three. Yeah. I love Chris Paul's still a top three point guard in the NBA, in my opinion. But what's he's in his early thirties right now, and you know the shelf life is limited. Are you a championship team in the next two years? If you think you are, then maybe. But the Warriors are going to be the boogeyman for the next couple of years. I would I would take Blake, and I would rebuild this thing. It's going to take a while because their draft picks, they don't have any because of some of the deals they've made. But I would rebuild around Blake.
2: I can't argue with that. I I like the Clippers a lot. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. They're in, they're, I mean, they are could still beat Utah, but I don't see it happen, especially with Gobert. I thought he was done. I thought he was done, too. That knee, that was like a
1: Durant-type knee injury you know, with the bruise and the the, uh, the strain. I thought he was done for a month.
2: I, I honestly, it's hard for me to say what, what would happen. But they're in... They're in trouble because even if they squeaked by Utah in this first round, who do they have next? Golden state huh.
1: and you, golden state has punished them. You know, with you, Blake, Go ahead. You that is a four round embarrassment. Most yeah. likely against yeah. the Warriors. Four
2: game, four y- games. Y- sorry, y- yeah. So either way, it's either this one or, or, or it's like, pick your poison. I don't, I don't have the answer, man. I don't have the, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. I don't know what they're, what they're going to do. I want to see them do good, but Even if they even if they swept Utah and Blake was there, Golden State looming like that's like that not that didn't have like if they got it to six games that would be like a big deal.
1: Without Blake, that would potentially be embarrassing. That would be an embarrassing series loss.
2: And they're going to try to get rid of uh, they're going to try to get rid of whoever they play in round two as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah. And Golden State, you know, I'm not worried about Durant. Well, I don't know. What's the word on his injury? Calf injury. I,
1: I like they said it. Like if it was Game Seven of the Finals, he'd play. But you know, you're you're kind of cruising through through the blade. I get the thinking. You know, if, if we can beat poor them without without him, let's just do it. You,
2: you know, what's funny about the the, the Golden State the, the 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 Durant coming? Should he have come? Should he not come? Is he a cupcake? Is he not? completely overshadowed? I know Steph was sort of cruising the first the first half of the season, and even after All Star, but he looking fantastic. Yeah. He's looking sprightly, he's looking uh energetic, and he's looking like the two time MVP. Yeah. He's looking good. Yeah. And and Draymond is looking good. And then the quiet storm of Clay Thompson, who gets never gets discussed unless you have it like written down on a piece of paper. Those guys are they're good, really good. And Steph Curry is the centerpiece of it. That motherfucker is ridiculous. You know, I know he he took, you know, he cruised, not cruised. But if I'm him, I'm like, yo, I've had injuries. I've been doing this, what, four or five seasons at this level. Get accustomed to this, Kevin Durant. Get yep. accustomed to this. And that's the beauty of, of um, you know, those guys. They have this disposition. Draymond, too, is nuts as he is, he doesn't care about his points. He cares more about talking shit than he cares about his points. Yep. And, and you know, go back to Lonzo Ball and LeVar Ball, because I I thought that this LeVar Ball spectacle that that has been sort of you know uh, the, the the revolution was actually te- televised. You see guys like Gary Payton son. You see guys like Big Dog son. You see guys like Tim Hardaway's son. You see Klay Thompson. You see uh, Steph Curry. Their fathers try to hide from the limelight because yeah. they made it to the league. This guy's father wanted to be in the NBA, and you see what you get. You're seeing his hoop dreams be re into the rest of the, the, the basketball-loving world hoop nightmares. You don't see any of these big-time guys, Peyton, none of them. They like they, they want the kid to shine because they know it's hard enough. He's put such an X on Lonzo Ball's back next year that he's going to have to dig himself out of a hole. There's agents that won't sign him because of this bullshit. Not that he's going to have a problem getting signed somewhere, but he's made a spectacle at it where you look at guys like Steph, Clay, the Paytons, Kenyon, Martin's son, who are working. they don't want anything to do with the let your kid have his his shine. That's why
1: I think it's the best case scenario for him to wind up as a Phoenix son. I agree. Out of the limelight, out of the spotlight. Just play with you know he would be good. Play with Devin Booker and run up and down the floor. Like, do you're going to get for, to your assist there? Yes, you will have you will have the foundation of something in Phoenix and you're, you're outside of the spotlight. You go to New York, L.A., Problems. It, it, it doesn't end well for you.
2: I mean, end. when has a father been talked about more than a first one, two, or three pick in the in, in in any sport? No, it's a joke. Yeah, and you can't compare it to Manning and all that stuff. It's a joke because Manning was protecting his son. The sun. Levar Ball is agenda is himself in this fucking bullshit big ball brand fucking nonsense that he says going to compete with Nike. What the fuck are you talking about? Listen, that shit's not going to compete with sketchers let alone <laughs> Nike. That ain't competing with Skechers and what other, you know, LA gear. None of those, none of the wackest shit ever is big ball brand gonna compete with. It's like a weird thing. Like he's like the the the, the, the soccer mom of an NBA first-round draft pick. He's like the Chris Jenner of the NBA. It's crazy. Is LA Gear still around? I, I'm sure if they're not around, somebody <laughs> caked off on. There's a there's a guy in LA who owned LA Gear. He made millions and millions yeah. of dollars. Yeah. Big, big bowler brand is not going to get bought for $200 million by some guy up in, uh you know, uh, up, uh, up up in Northern California. No, no question. Uh, All right. Tune in radio. They got the, still get the podcast going on. What else do you have happening? The Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. The two man weave with Kenyon Martin, which I love doing. Have you ever had Kenyon? I've had Kenyon on the radio show. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. You know, his career, you know, the, how hard he played and the disposition that he had. But Kenyon Martin can talk details of basketball as good as i've heard anybody talk to talk about basketball you know what i like to hear him expound on and
1: adam my producer here we had him on the show um and this was when becky hammond was you know kind of circling the florida job and, and he didn't really have a good answer not a good answer but he, he was a little uncert- he scared a little uncertain about would nba players respect a female head coach no they won't they won't and and and, and- depends on the team i think and the support you have. Like if you put him in Sacramento or put Becky Ham in Sacramento, it's a disaster. But if she like, if for some reason she over the next five years she replaced Popovich <laughs> in San Antonio, because of the system you have there, I think you'd be better suited or have a better chance.
2: The first year, second year, but I think the media and 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 like players argue with coaches, coaches scream at players, referees and play and coaches go back and forth. Uh people take showers. Uh, people talk shit in locker rooms, guys talk about locker room talk, blah, 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 blah. I just don't think it's going to happen. And I think if it happens, you need to treat her. And I love Becky. I've played celebrity games with Becky. Mm-hmm. I, I fuck with Becky. She's the real deal. She's totally the yeah. real deal. But I think that inevitably, I, I just think it'll be a major problem. And I, and I don't see it happening yet. Maybe one day, but I just don't see it happening yet in the NBA. And and um But if there's a league it happens in first, it's gonna be the NBA. And but why should it? Why don't we why is it why is the agenda and no disrespect to any woman trying to do her thing and Becky Hammond? Like I said, I, I have her number. I text her. Mm-hmm. Not like all the time, but I text her and congratulate her. How often do you text no, her? No, <laughs> but I, I, but just from like celebrity, like I know her, like, and it's not her. But it's like, why is there an agenda to get the first woman coach and why not the first um Asian coach? Yeah. Why aren't we trying to get the first uh you know, Mexican coach? Why aren't we trying to get the first disabled coach? Or why aren't we trying to get the first, you know, anything other coach? It's this bullshit of, 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 you know, we're all the same. We're, we're, we're for everybody. It's like, this is not the way the world works. Yeah. And 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 I know people are like, well, that- I
1: think those things are like, uh, Messina. Uh, I think he's still up in Toronto or, or maybe San Antonio. I forget where he is. And uh, like one of the great European coaches ever came over to the NBA. I think that stuff is, is happening. You've got Eduardo Nahara, who was a, uh, one of the head coaches down in the Dallas area and the, the D league team for a while. I think those, what you're talking about, the Mexicans, the internationals, the Asian coaches are it, it, there's, it's happening, but it's happening. But this is more high profile because you just yes. you, you see it, it doesn't stop you when you see uh, like a, a Russian coach or a, a Mexican coach or, an, or even an Asian coach on, the, on an NBA bench. It does still stop you when you see a female coach on an NBA bench. That's why it's as an
2: assistant, it's as fine, an assistant. and in San Antonio, it's fine. But I think taking that leap and then like my man Patrick Ewing had to go to fucking Georgetown. Oh, that's that's not going to work out well for him, Mike. Before we get to your reason why, I want to hear why. Okay. But my man Patrick Ewing had to get a, a go to Georgetown while Jock Vaughn and and who's the coach of uh, of of uh, um, Phoenix? Uh, Earl Watson, he good coach. Patrick Ewing sitting on the 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 the, 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 the bench doing shot charts for Frank the Tank Kaminsky. Yep. All he wants to do is do a head coaching job. Yeah. Oh, he got screwed uh, as an NBA guy. He got screwed. He got screwed. He got screwed. And I, I know he's not a great communicator, right? And all that shit. But like there was like an agenda to keep Patrick. Somebody
1: down in Charlotte told me uh,
2: right before Patrick, the Georgetown
1: job, that if you, if you put a resume on top of a GM's desk and don't take Patrick's name off it, he's at the top of the pile because of, you know, his top 50 all time player, the experience. He's not a guy being anointed as, you know, here, just take this job. He because, wants it. And he's worked for it. He's worked for it. Working for the Van Gundys. Working for Steve Clifford. These guys, they all sing his praises. Wait, wait, wait.
2: wait. You don't think he could have taught DeMarcus Cousins how to scowl? I do. In, Sa- in San Antonio, in, in Sacramento. Just him teaching DeMarcus Cousins to be a fucking man. I do think he'll do that. and I- live a, And t- to teach a guy like that to be, yo, you're going to start. Stop whining. I'm not calling you. Fucking boogie. I'm calling you big baby cousins. So you cut the bullshit. I do think he could have. I do. I they had do him think... walking around the Sacramento airport. He didn't know where he was at a fucking Ben and Jerry's ice cream for two days. He was like Tom Hanks in that movie. Low uh, at the airport. Give this guy a job. Why do you think he's going to be? A, it's going to be bad because
1: it's apples and oranges coaching in college versus coaching in the pros. I, I think he's got he can do the X's and O's. I think he <laughs> can motivate players. But I don't think eighteen year olds know who Patrick Ewing is. I, I don't think he's going to be able to walk into these kids' living rooms and recruit guys. Plus, he wasn't I mean he was he was like the fourth or fifth choice at Georgetown. Like they were after a bunch of different other guys before they went after Patrick Ewing. I don't know. I, I'd like to see it work out for him because I think it could be a springboard to an NBA job if he does well at Georgetown. I, I just don't see it. I, I you know, unless his staff is better than I think it is, I just don't see it. I think it's i I think people don't understand how different college coaching is. Like the John Calipari's and the Rick Pitino's of the world, great in college, can't make it work in the NBA. I think it's probably true the reverse too. I think I think it's going to be unfortunate for
2: Patrick in, in the college ranks. What do you think of my man Mullen? I haven't followed what he's done. Are they doing anything? Saint like they've kind of they got a couple of guys. I don't know. Like I, you know, I'm not I'm not the man to answer that. Yeah, but but the one of the one of my highlights of 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 the last five years was Georgetown Saint John's, and when Mullen took it to the streets during the, the, the big East tournament. Yep. You, that was beautiful. It'd be fun watching them play Georgetown. It, it, it was yeah, beautiful. That's, that's, but it'd be
1: fun watching St. John's Georgetown now, like and, with those two guys on the sideline. That'd be a fun game. To St. Watch.
2: St. John's. If, if, if they turn it around and the Knicks being what they are like, I want to go out to St. John's and give them a pep talk. Chris told me, come out there. That's my fucking dude. Chris Mullen. That is my fucking dude. And I want to tell these fucking kids, yo, it's yours for the taking. Yeah. Like, if St. John's made it to the top 20, you own New York City. Yep. And it's still New York City. And then, like, they should understand, like, you know, what it was back in the days. And the fact that there's a spot opening because St. John's can become, um, you know, uh, 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 what is the word? Um, They could become uh, important before the New York Knicks could become important. Yeah. They could actually do it.
1: All right. They're going to kick us out of here. Uh, Tune in radio. Podcast, you're here for the Tribeca Film Festival as well this week, and I
2: mean I, this is the time of year. Chris, this know, is the NBA man. playoffs, I love it. Man.
1: I love it. Three or four games. It's Give like me a, some game sevens. If I get game seven in Boston on Sunday, I'll be there, man. Be, it, be intense if it goes that far.
2: It's like it's like running a marathon every day. Like that, that 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 when you're on the East Coast, that fourth game comes on. It's like you know, like you're quick. You're tr- yeah, you just pop right back up. Yeah, but it's like so. So I actually am looking for the second round, so it slimmers down a little bit because yeah. those four games on one day and that nine o'clock start when yeah. you're in New York. It is tough, but but it's this beautiful time. Mike, thanks for coming in, man. It's I appreciate my pleasure. It's it good to talk to you.
1: That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Michael Rappaport for joining the show. A reminder, you can listen to Archive Podcast on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, really anywhere you can download pods. While you're there, leave a comment, post a rating. You know I appreciate it. And I'll see you next week.
0: This has been a digital media production. Find your voice.